Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wow, listeners, we have another episode for you, as as is the case if you're pulling up this episode. Of course we have an episode. That would be so crazy if we did it. <laughs> we did it. We have an episode. Emily, we have an episode. Emily did such a good job. You guys are in for a real treat on this one. It's a Oof. wild ride, I got to tell you. I'm tired. She's, I'm tired. she's um, tired. She put a lot of energy into this. <laughs> but you know what fills me with so much energy, Henley? What does, Emily? How much I love our patrons and how much I cannot wait to shout them out. I fucking can't wait. Let's do it. We have, Let's do it. We have some new patrons this week. We are so thrilled to have them here. We have a new champion for actors mm-hmm. rights. You know I love to see a champion for actors rights. And that champion this week is Half Price Horror. Woo-hoo. Wow. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for all that you do. We love you forever. Unconditionally starting. Now. We also have a bunch of new members, Tony fucking Colette's inner circle. They wanted to get in on those two bonus episodes per month. We are so excited to have them join the tight knit group that is run by our dear oh, leader. So tight. Tony fucking Colette. Um, mm-hmm, this week mm-hmm. we have Luke Sorensen, Imogen Casey, Jessica Matthew Williams, Andrea Morales, Olivia Bach, Laura Collins, Siobhan Raupak, and that's it. I've said that. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it for this week. <laughs> I, I, but the list could go on. The list could go on. I don't know why I couldn't. Now, I didn't. I couldn't fit. I couldn't stop saying the names. I was like, there's got to be more. We love to say them. And we want to say all of your names. Um, and, and one person who got gets to hear her name again because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I upgraded they were already a member of the Patreon, and they were like, you know what? I want more. Mm-hmm. It's Lindsay Fickle. Lindsay, thank you so much. Thank you, Lindsay. For support. We love you. We've been loving you. We love you more and more each day. And if you, listener, are like, wait, I would like to, I want to be loved more and more each day <laughs> by this group of people, uh, you can become a patron mm-hmm. at patreon.com slash too scary didn't watch. We will give you bonus episodes. We will give you trailer reactions. We got all sorts of stuff happening over there. And we would love to have you be a part of it. We'd love to say your name. We'd love to see your name. We'd love to love you. Um, we love you already, but we'll, you know, we'll just keep, we'll just keep it up. There's more to love and more to have. And I'm tired and I don't know what I'm saying. But I do know that there's an episode. You guessed it. There's an episode. You picked, you clicked on an episode. An episode there is. And... It made it it's made Emily lose her goddamn mind. So get ready, buckle up, y'all. Buckle up, baby. Here we go. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. And folks, that we are 
lacking because normally who we have here is Sammy, our third host, who is brave enough to watch scary movies, who usually does that for us. And when she's too busy to join us, such as tonight, it's we ju- got to buckle up. And <laughs> it's, just us. it's just us. It's just us. We got to figure it out. Um, we hate to be without Sammy for so many reasons. Um, but you know what? Life is life happens and we just got to make it work. And that's what we're doing this week. Um, mm-hmm. But before we get into all of that, Henley, my friend, how are you? What is up? I am good. Um, yet another week where I will just say some inane thing that happened to me this week. I absolutely love it. Um, sure, why not? So um, I have a I have a sand themed uh, comment. <laughs> Sand themed. So it's in the theme of sand. It's in the theme, general theme of sand. Okay. Are these wonderful. two are these two things I want to point out? Oh, two separate great. Two separate things. One, I got a new perfume this week, which I am very excited about and very into. It's called Beach by Bobby okay. Brown. And okay. It just smells like sunscreen. Like I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I'm not gonna lie. It's just sunscreen smelly. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> but it's it it really does give that like visceral. Yes, you reminder. feel like summer. Yes, mm. it feels like summer because it really is just that very unique smell of what you smell like when you're on the beach, and it's. Mm. It's so nice, especially being in the middle of a city and not being anywhere close to a beach right now. It's a really fun, like, little treat to get to smell like a beach. I just am like very... I like that. I'm enjoying it so much. Um, Curious to know what else is on theme. (laughs) The other thing I wanted to mention in this sand theme is that (laughs) um, I started reading... I started reading Dune, the sci-fi novel... Okay. And I'm really enjoying it. I, you know, I wanted to read it before seeing the movie, which comes out later this year, um, starring our favorite Timothee Chalamet. Our favorite Timothee. It's about, it's a movie filled with the hottest cast of actors. It Um, looks so good. Zendaya, I mean, I can't fucking wait. Um, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, they're all so good and so hot. I mm-hmm. mean, we're blessed. It's a perfect I'm, movie, and I I've watched the trailer so many times, and yeah. I was like, I should just read this book. Um, and honestly, usually I don't really enjoy sci-fi that much, to be completely mm-hmm. honest, but I'm, mm-hmm. re- I'm automatically hooked. I'm really into wow. it. I'm really enjoying myself, maybe because I'm imagining the main character to be Timothee Chalamet, and that's doing wonders for me. Yeah, that's great. But anyway, that's those. That was my sand themed comments for this wow. week. Theming, uh, theming our check ins <laughs> is a really fun idea that will certainly not last because how could it? But I really like it. And Henley, I do have a question for you, which is: Are do you have like a lot of love for the beach? Like when you think about being in the beach, that calms you. That's a, that's a nice feeling. I do really like the beach. Yeah, I I think I always feel really. I always feel better after going to the beach mm. all day, you know? It yeah. Just well, I do remember we, we celebrated your engagement at the mm-hmm. beach. Yeah. Which is lovely. 
Yeah, that's true. Do you wait? How do you feel about the beach? You know, I associate the reason I ask is because some people have like a deep like for many people, the idea of being at the beach is very calming. Mm hmm. For me, I associate it with stress, which which I'm trying to change in my adulthood. I think it's because I grew up in South Florida. The beach I was always very close to the beach. I could get to the beach in 10 minutes. So it wasn't a novelty. And it was always associated. And even out here with like traffic and parking and and like, where am I going to go to the bathroom if I have to? And 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 it's like a teen, like a lot of body image insecurity and being like, oh, I'm going to have to go to the beach and like, I'm going to feel weird. And um Wow, different experience. Because I didn't very have different, that. and and but now there are some beaches that I find very relaxing, and so I'm, I'm basically I want I would like to reset my brain to find the beach to be a calming place, um, because it's just like deeply ingrained in my brain that that the beach is stressful, which is not not good. I don't blame you for feeling that way, though. I mean, growing up in Florida and having to be a teen on a beach is sounds fucking horrible to me. It's no, awful. And you. the beaches were crowded because then it's like spring breakers come and then it's like crazy. And I just I, I, don't, I don't have love as much love for the beach as I would like to have. So, you know, maybe I'll buy that perfume and just sort of just put myself in a <laughs> calm state of mind and imagine that the beach is a lovely place. Um, well, well, one of my favorite places to go when I lived in L.A. was Point Doom or Little Doom. And I don't know whether mm. you've been there before, but I, don't know if I have. If, I've heard of it. Um, if not, definitely go. You, it's a it kind of a hike to get there, but there's like okay. no one there. Once you're there, okay. it's completely empty, and it's you're underneath these cliffs, and there's mm. beautiful just stretch of sand, and there's like one little cove that's fi- always filled with surfers. I like a cove, but then everywhere else is just basically empty beach. One time okay. it was be- just me and Tim and one guy who was sunbathing nude. And that was it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How fun. Yeah. So go there. You don't often see a man sunbathing nude. And and that's exciting to me. He was so tan. You can only wow. imagine. Was he face down or face up? He was face up. He wow. Was fa- he was face up. Yeah. And he was just a brown raisin um, cooking in the sun. And it wow. was, and I it, feel it was like him it's and me really and bold to be open to sun exposure on your penis, but maybe if you're <laughs> no. used to it, no. I feel like that you're asking for trouble. <laughs> um, but that's just the first thing that comes to mind for me. You know, you know, he, I bet he's the type of guy too, who like talks about it a lot. Like he's like, yeah, he, like he tells loves people. that he tans nude. He yeah. loves that about himself. And, <laughs> and I'm good for him, honestly. <laughs> I am interested in his life story. Um, I'm going to tangentially stay on the sand theme um, in that I'm discussing uh, the sand man, meaning I'm discussing a dream. <gasps> Did I connect the dots there? Perfectly it makes Great. perfect sense. Great. Um, and 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 it's. I think people hate when people talk about dreams. I guess it's like stupid. Who cares? Um, <laughs> but again, nothing's happening in my <laughs> life. And Henley, this dream is about me and you. And so I ha- I wanted what? to tell you. <gasps> I almost texted you the other day, but I was like, save it for the pod. And this dream, Henley, you and I were both contestants on the bachelor <laughs> oh my god what and, but like but 
clearly because we just wanted to see the bachelor mansion. We like, <laughs> like we were just like hanging out and we're like, isn't this so cool? We're at the bachelor mansion. And we were like trying to take pictures on our phone and like, we were just sort of having a good time. And then it was a rose ceremony and I was like, oh fuck, this is a dating show. Like it like hit me that I was like, oh my, we're like on a TV show and it is a dating show. Neither of us are single. So there, I was like, they're going to know we're here for the wrong reasons. <laughs> And so I was like, okay, I ha- if I don't get eliminated in this rose ceremony, which I was like, I definitely will. And it was Matt James, by the way. And I was like, Matt and I have no connection. Like, I'm going to get eliminated. <laughs> but then I didn't. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to. I was like, I like my boyfriend. I, like, want to stay in my relationship. I, like, I don't want to be with Matt James. I'm going to have to self-eliminate. Um, and I was like, oh, man, Bachelor Clues and Pace Case are going to be really disappointed because they view <laughs> self-elimination as an error and I was like well how did I get here this isn't what I want to do anyway that oh, was the dream you my and I were on the bachelor god I first of all I think it is so flattering anytime anyone <laughs> tells me that I'm in their dream I think it's like <laughs> the biggest compliment you could ever give oh. someone because welcome which is funny because I definitely dream about random fucking people all the time. The things that the mind does in sleep. Yeah. There's no sense to it. There's no there's sense to it. There's no, there's no sense to it at all. Um, like, I feel like I dreamt about my, like, sixth grade math teacher the other night for, like, yeah, it's no very reason. strange, the little uh, crevices of our brains that pop out. Um, but also the fact that I was in a bachelor themed dream is mm-hmm. unbelievable to me because you know that my new year's resolution was to watch the I bachelor know. and i couldn't I, know. Even, I couldn't even fulfill it i know and i just put you right in it just you, you just right forced it. me right back into it wow my um, married pregnant friend almost married pregnant friend <laughs> uh, uh dating matt james with me and truly it was like we were both like this is the mansion oh my god this is, these are the steps that they stand on in the rose ceremony oh my god so fun and then i was like no wait we're in it um it was weird. That's like know. it's like a it was like a fun experience until it, w- it wasn't until it was just right, exactly. anxiety. We like inducing. sort of got in too deep. Like yeah. I even was like, wait, I'm on like a show. Like this is a TV. Show. People are gonna watch this. We're gonna be on TV for this. And I was like, not okay with um, my decisions and how I had gotten there. And it's so. suddenly suddenly being exposed to. I feel like yes, that's exactly. a very common I was theme. Like, oh God, I don't want to. Di- oh, you know that's a good. That's interesting, Henley. What is that about? Maybe it has to do with like reemerging into society. It's giving me a lot of anxiety and being yeah. like, oh wait, no, we're here. This isn't just a fun yeah. like look. Look, we're in a restaurant. Ooh, it's like oh my god, no, no, like life is on, and you have to deal with. And it. like people can <gasps> see, people can see you. You know, you're there to be seen. Ooh, did we just crack the code <laughs> on this dream? <laughs> Holy shit! I am. I'm gonna start talking about my dreams every episode. <laughs> this is a dream analysis podcast. Holy shit! <laughs> We found wow. the meaning. We found the meaning of Emily's dream. Found the meaning. And, um, wow. and on that note, should we talk about uh, the fact that you were very brave this week? I was very brave this week. I watched the movie. And you know what? So I did the, a thing that I always do. Every time I have to watch a movie for this podcast, have to. Every time I'm the one who watches a movie for this podcast, I, I do this thing where I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch a scary movie. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch one. I get all excited and I decide I'm going to watch a scary movie. And then I sit down to choose and I'm like, no, that's too scary. No, that's too scary. No, that. And I don't pick a scary movie. And then when the movie's over, I'm disappointed because I didn't get as scared as I thought I was going to get. I did a similar thing this week, you guys. <laughs> this week's movie is Overlord. And it is very good. I will say this. I really liked it. It is a horror movie, but I didn't find it all that scary, if you know mm. what I mean. Okay. Um, 
but uh, I'm glad. I am glad that I watched it. Um, I, I've never even crazy. I've never even heard of this movie before. I hadn't either. Um, but it's an. It, it, I bet if you look at the poster, you'll be like, oh my god, I've seen that poster. Like I've seen it every time I open my Prime to watch something. It's always like, do you want to watch this? Um, which makes sense because it is confused by the horror movie trailers that I've watched and thinks that I want to watch horror movies. But also, it's also an action movie. I would call this a horror action. And you know that I love action movies. I love Mm. action movies. I think it's my favorite genre of movie Mm. to watch, especially during the pandemic. All I want to watch is like things exploding and people driving cars fast is like all my brain can do right now. So um, I really enjoyed this movie. I also do think... I am a little bit braver than I once was because it's like nasty and kind of gnarly and gory. And that didn't really bother me. I I think it doesn't bother me so much in an action context Mm. because the tone of it isn't like, oh, this you should feel like you want to die. I think I'm very affected by tone. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too, because in an action movie, generally, there's a lot of violence and there's a lot of death, but it's mm-hmm. like so brushed over that you yeah, don't really like care and fast and like moving. And it, yeah, I, so it's I don't know, but you'll, I mean, I'm going to tell you about it. So let's just get into it. The movie is Overlord. It came out in 2018. OK, so new movie, newish movie. Relatively new. I know in my brain, I'm like 2018 was just yesterday, but um Three years ago. Three years ago. Um, 2018, directed by Julius Avery. uh, Story by Billy Ray. Written by Billy Ray and Mark L. Smith. Starring Jovan Adepo, Wyatt Russell, Mathilde Olivier. I don't know. She's French. Probably said that wrong. Pilou Azbeck. Probably said that wrong, too. John Magaro, Ian DeCastiker, Dominic Applewhite, and Gianni Taufer. Okay, big cast. Big cast. Um, it is rated R for strong bloody violence, disturbing mm. images, language, and brief sexual content. I will say a, a, a slight trigger warning, perhaps. There is a near uh, sexual assault that doesn't mm. really happen, um, but just want to let people know. Um, so when I saw this rating, I was like, oh, I'm not going to want to watch this. It's like strong bloody violence and disturbing images are like no fucking way. Yeah. But once again, I could handle it. So I don't know, listeners. Maybe you can too. Um, unfor- it's budget. Wait, is it time for trivia? I Every time I take over this role, I'm like, I don't know how this podcast goes. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what are the steps? Um, I yes. never know. Now's the time for trivia. Now's so the time for trivia. Do let's do that um, goddamn trivia. Let's do this trivia. Okay, this isn't really trivia, but it has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, hmm. a 6.6 on IMDb, and a 60 on Metacritic. So I don't know what all those mean. I really liked it. Okay, great. Um, the budget was thirty-eight million. The box office was forty-one point seven million. Ooh, so not great. But they did. They just made it. They just, just made a little, little just, bit of a profit. <laughs> just broke, uh, breaking even. Um, yeah, I feel like I yeah didn't hear anything about this movie when it came out. Uh, it seems. Perhaps they did not really promote it. Um, mm. Maybe that's why they didn't make much returns on on their budget. Because it's like, and and you know, I will say, no one in this movie is like a star, so that also could have affected it. Uh, Wyatt Russell is Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. Excuse oh, me. Wow. Um, he's very good in this. Uh, is he as compelling as Kurt Russell? I don't think so. Um. Sh- 
is he probably so tired of being compared? Like, that would suck, I think. Also, it would probably rule to have them be your parents because I think they're really cool. They seem really cool. They seem so cool. They live in Los Alamos and, like, just fucking chill out. And they're so beautiful. And they have, like, just, I just think they're great. Um, Why Russell also? Very good. Very good in this movie. He's just, like, you know, is Kurt Russell. It's so hard to compare to be compared to Kurt Russell. That's impossible. Yeah, no. So, sorry, Wyatt, but I bet you're fine. Alrighty, scaredy cats, it's our favorite time of the week, cocktail hour. This week, we will be sipping on some French 75s while we are fighting off Nazi troops. In order to make this cocktail, you will need one ounce of gin, half an ounce lemon juice freshly squeezed, half an ounce simple syrup, and three ounces of champagne or another sparkling wine. Garnish with a lemon twist. To make it, you just add the gin, lemon juice, and simple syrup to a shaker with ice and shake until well chilled. Strain into a champagne flute. Top with the champagne and garnish with a lemon twist. Cheers! Um, I don't have a ton of trivia for this movie. That's okay. But I, but I have a little bit. And, okay. um, so one of those is that this movie featured more practical effects than CGI, which is pretty cool and I think is very cool in an action movie because that shit is like, how do they do that? They're blowing stuff up. It's crazy. Yeah, I've, um, I've said it before. I'll, I'll say it again. I'll keep saying it. I always prefer the practical effects. The practical effects are so cool. And also, I think probably as an actor, scary in a movie like this. Um, I mean, great, because you can really react to things. But, like, scary. Um, and for example, it, their first sequence of the movie, which sees shoulder soldiers, a World War II-ish movie, by the way, okay. um, sees soldiers jumping from a burning plane was done by rigging a plane on a gimbal, actually blowing up the front, tilting it as if it were falling through the air and sending stuntmen tumbling through real fire. What? That sequence is nuts. And I cannot imagine how, like, the fact that that was mostly practical is truly insane. Also, I, I'm not joking where I know nothing about this movie, but the fact that it's like a World War II horror action movie is very intriguing to me. I'm, I'm hooked. It's, a, it's cool. So it is, yeah, it is a World War II movie, um, but the movie does not include any use of the swastika. So oh, where it okay. might normally be found, um, the Wendehorn rune is used. Wende, Wendehorn, I don't know. Do they call them Nazis in the movie? They're definitely not. They, I think they call them the Germans. And it's, okay. it's World War II. I actually don't know if they ever say Nazi. Nazi. Somebody, no, somebody does at one point because he says it Nazi, which is how they say it in, in Glorious mm. Bastards, which I, I I don't know. Just like so that but not much. They mainly call them the Germans, but it is definitely, definitely World War II. Definitely German soldiers takes place in France. OK, um, got it. Um, which also it's just like. I mean, America's essentially been at war for our entire lives, but never here, never at our doorstep. And just the idea of war being literally at your doorstep, which is a reality that so many nations have dealt with, currently dealing with. It's just, I don't think we as Americans can ever fully comprehend what war no. is. No, um, no, no, no. We're so, we're so sheltered. Or so deeply sheltered because we haven't experienced that. I think you, you, when you're 
living in a war zone, you're managing fear in a way that we just don't understand at all. No. And then seeing death and destruction in a way that it, it's just, I mean, poof. It, that I mean, as is always the case in the movies we discuss, the real life horror is the worst part. Um, yes. The realities of, of being a soldier, the realities of having war, um, having your country be occupied, uh, just truly... Bad. Very, very bad. Very, very, very bad, bad and horrifying. And, bad. and let's, Real... let's avoid it. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's try know? to not do that. Let's, yeah, let's, let's try not to, do that. Let's try to not do that. Let's try to not do that. Um, I think that's probably all of the trivia. That, that was good. That was perfect. Perfect amount of trivia. Should we watch the trailer? You know what, Henley? Let's watch this trailer. Let's watch the trailer. Three months ago, I was cutting grass in my front yard. And the mailman shows up with a letter from the army. Now I'm here. There's no idea where I'm going to end up. Welcome to France. What happened here? Some questions don't have good answers. There's a lot of soldiers out there. There's only four of us. Find out what's inside that compound. Okay, just that first image of him like being in the plane. I was like, "This is scary." Oh, it's the worst part. That that's the opening sequence, and it is it's the scariest part of the whole movie. It's like war is so fucking scary. I can't imagine. I like, I can't believe people do that. Like, I I truly just can't believe that that is real. No, I can't either. It's so 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 scary to me. It's so So scary to me. Especially. for like all the all the men who were like seventeen years old or whatever and had They're no context so young. F- 
for what they were getting into and then all of a sudden are put in like the most extreme situations and then told to like never talk about it again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I I mean, I think it's all I think going to war is insane no matter who you are or where or what age or whatever. But also the fact that they in this war and in, in many they were drafted and so they didn't even have a choice and they're like boys they're boys yeah who so are dark brought across the world and put into a plane and are like jump out of it um, yeah and here's a gun good luck and here's, a, here's a huge gun it's so scary <laughs> it's so scary um and on that note i guess let's just get into it yeah i can't wait to hear about it it looks really scary it's, I can't believe you weren't scared of this, Emily. Who are you? I'm really fucking brave. I know. I don't even know what to tell you. You are, though. I don't understand. I, uh, you know, I don't, I mean, there were moments. It's definitely, like, freaky. But it is, I feel like this is a, it's good to watch this trailer because it captures the tone, which is, like, kind of fucking fun. Like, it, yeah. it like. yeah. It Which does is, have a it does have a fun action vibe to it. It's a it's an action movie. It's an action horror. The images are horrifying. The tone of the movie is action. Yeah, um, and that changed that changes the game completely because it's like when you watch totally. when you watch like Mission Impossible or born identity or whatever and you're watching like tom cruise or matt damon and they're doing things with their body where you're like that's horrifying but it mm-hmm. doesn't seem to bother you or like doesn't seem to bother you you seem to be fine and so i'm fine because of and that. so i'm fine you seem fine so i guess i'm fine um, you're right okay, and i will say people, in this people one, are not people are not fine in this movie people but. are not fine in this one and and the worst parts are when they are feeling the least fine um, so let's just get into it. Let's, let's get, into, get it. into it. Yeah, let's start it up. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website. And put in too scary for both the code and password 
to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So it starts off, we're hearing like what sounds like radio chatter describing World War II. So we're, we're getting context that um, it's World War II. We uh, are in an aircraft with a bunch of American soldiers. One of the soldiers is scratching the date on the wall of the plane, and we see that it is D-Day. Mm. Um, we... See, our main character, his name is Boyce, um, saw him in the trailer. He looks way fucking scared. Um, some of these soldiers are scared. Some are excited. There's just a group of young boys, and they've clearly been at this for a little while, um, sort of chattering to each other about what they're about to do. But Boyce is, like, not participating. His knee is shaking. He's sweating. He looks very, very nervous. Um, another soldier named Tibbet. Um, is bragging about how he's going to, like, jump in there and kill the Nazis and is, like, such he doesn't fucking care. Um, he's making fun of Boyce, being like, Boyce is so nervous, like, uh, pulls out his necklace and is like, oh, you got a lucky charm. Like, you're never going to be a soldier. Lucky charm's not going to help you like me. I got no problems. That kind of vibe of guy. Um, I think what I did a, a what very an, good impression. What an asshole. You did a very good um, impression. Thank you. It's alarming. Um, it's alarming how good that was. Yeah. I, you don't even have to see the movie. You just know that I nailed that. Um, Rosenfeld is another one of these soldiers. He's sitting next to Boyce. Um, he's clearly uh, their friends. He's also nervous. It's like, what's going to happen when we jump down there? Um, we meet another soldier named Chase. Chase is taking pictures of a soldier in the corner who's not really participating in the the banter with everyone. We learn that he is sort of new. He's not a member of this, what do you call it, regimen? I don't know. Out, sure. I don't know. This group. <laughs> um, but he is on this mission with them. He is an explosive expert. His name is Ford. This is Wyatt Russell. Um, mm. uh, Chase is trying to take pictures of him. He's like a photographer i guess back at back home um and ford is not really having it tells him to go sit down the sergeant comes out and explains the mission which is um they they're going to this french town they that is occupied by the germans they need to um destroy they put up like a radio blocking tower um Mm. to block the signal so that basically they need to destroy this tower so that the um what did we call the good side in world war ii allies the allies the allies thank you (laughs) so the mission is they this tower 
again, I'm seeming really smart when I describe this, um, is blocking the signal so the allies can't communicate. And they need to be able to communicate to figure out where to go on the beaches for D-Day, as we all know it to have happened. Got it. Copy that. <laughs> as we all know all the details of, and I don't need to explain. Um so their mission is to go to this town, destroy this tower. That's why we have Ford with us. He's an explosives expert. He's going to help us blow this tower up. Yay, we save the day. Everything's great. Um, as he's explaining this, they start getting shot at. Um, the back of the plane explodes, f- like flies off. It's on fire. It is so chaotic. The sergeant is like, wait, we're not at the drop point. Yeah, we got to wait for the drop point. People are like being like pulled and sucked out the back opening of the plane through the fire. A a soldier is like vomiting because he's so scared. They all look just fucking out of their minds, terrified, dying. Like it is such chaos. So fucking scary. Um, Eventually it gets to. Boyce's turn, he pushed out of the plane, drops, he is fucking free falling, trying to get his parachute, trying to get his fucking chute to open, gets it, plummets into the water below, um, and swims to shore. Um, he gets onto shore, and it's dark, it's nighttime, he's sort of like crawling around trying to figure out where to go what happened to everybody else's obviously this did not go as planned so they did not all drop in the same location Mm -hmm. um he as he's walking he gets pulled down to the ground by ford um hiding behind a bush because they can see up in a clearing ahead their sergeant surrounded by german soldiers all pointing their guns at him Mm. um the sergeant isn't acting scared he's like oh i think he makes a you know, joke like, oh, why don't you have like a lighter? Um, you know, trying to act tough. Boyce tries to get up to go and and like help him. Ford pulls him down. Uh, Sar- Sergeant gets shot and killed, obviously. Um, and the Germans walk away back through the woods. Um, Boyce is upset with Ford for not letting him help go and try to. He's like, you just let him die. And Ford says he was dead the second we drop down like and so we're getting a sense that like ford has been at war for a while he Mm -hmm. is um kind of hardened to it and the Mm -hmm. realities of it uh not emotional about it boyce total opposite he is young he does not want to be here he's very idealistic about everything um in terms of like you know we got to save save the sergeant it's like there's no fucking way you were you would have died also um, and Ford is Wyatt Russell, right? Ford is Wyatt Russell. Okay. okay and okay. in the, uh, when the sergeant was saying the plan, he was like, Ford, you listen to orders from Ford as if he were me. Like, he's in charge mm. of this mission. So okay. now that the sergeant is dead, Ford is our head of command, essentially. Got it. Um, they s- walk along through the woods and find some more soldiers who have survived. They find Chase. Um, another soldier named Dawson, who played Grey Worm in Game of Thrones, and I'll, and you know, totally different character. Um, Tibbet, who is the rude guy. Um, so they see, find, meet up with the three of them, and they're like, "Okay, this is our group now," and they start walking towards the village. As they're walking, Dawson is talking about how he's writing a book um, of like what's happened to them in war. And they're like sort of sort of relaxed. They're they're happy to be together again. And as they are walking, a 
landmine explodes, and Dawson is fucking vaporized. Like, oh my god, mid sentence, just blown up. Oh my um, god, it is again. War is the scariest real thing. Yeah. Um, and so then they have to, you know, follow in each. Dawson was like in the middle of the pack, so there's this very tense moment of them having to try to follow in the exact footsteps of the person who's in the front to try to not step on any more landmines and like just once again being reminded of the very terrifying reality of their situation. And Boyce is very shaken by this and he says like he was he was just here and and now he's not. Like the idea he he is not at all used to death. Um yeah. even after being at war at war. Um so he's already like not handling this very well. Um, as they walk through the woods, they see on the ground a very confusing, nasty, mutilated animal carcass that they mm. are like, is it a dog? Is it? it they like don't know what it is. You know how in horror movies you see a, like a weird thing and you're, and they go like, hmm, that's weird, and you go, no, 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 that's important. Um, it's a sign. It's a sign. Is one of those. <laughs> um, as they are examining it, they see a young, not yeah, like a I don't know, twenty-ish young woman uh, who has been like sort of pillaging that. She's got a sack. She's mm. maybe you know trying to get food supplies, whatever, and you know they're. Nazi occupied France, they're hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they see her. She sees them see her, and she starts running. So Ford's like, "You catch her. We have to. She can't let anybody know that we're here." Um, they manage to catch her. Boyce speaks very good French, so he starts speaking to her and is like, "It's okay. It's okay. Um, just please, do you do you live in that village? Can you take us to it? That's where we're trying to go. We're not going to hurt you. Please, just take us to the village." Um, and she does. Her name is Chloe. Chloe, but she's very French. Chloe. Um, (laughs) She takes them to the village and um, they stash themselves up in her attic. Mm -hmm. Um, We learn that she lives with her younger brother, Paul, who I think is actually eight. Um, as oh, old wow, as are, for once. I believe that he is. A real and, eight-year-old. And her aunt, who is very, very sick. Okay. Um, and we hear, like, some really, really gross coughing happening. Like, oh. deep, like, ca- like in the depths of the middle oh. of your body that a cough comes from. Um, and... So the soldiers go up to the window or go up to the attic and it's an attic that has like a little wind, a tiny window at the top so they can look out and see um, the street below. They see um, they hear like some commotion out there. They look, they see German soldiers drag two people out of their house. It's a man and a woman. Um, They immediately shoot the woman dead and drag the man and like put him on a truck and drive him away. Uh, They ask um, Chloe, like, what are they doing? And she's like, whatever they want what they always do what they did to my parents what they did to my aunt like this is what they do um tibbet and chase are then like we can't complete this mission like there's there are four of us and this is it the whole town is occupied by german soldiers there's probably 40 of them we just got to call it like this is a suicide mission uh and boyce says we have to complete the mission that that we have a job to do that's what we're here to do 
boys, get over yourself. Sorry. <laughs> and that's essentially what Tibbet says. Tibbet's like, oh, now you're a fucking soldier? Like, all, oh, now you decide that you're a soldier. And then says, he starts telling the story, uh, making fun of boys about um, back when they were at mm, Boot Camp. Boot Camp. There you decide go. To, uh, base, base, base. That's the oh, word he uses. Base. Okay. Um, at, they were at base. He was like, this guy, he can't even kill a fucking mouse. Um, at base, there was this mouse that was shitting on everything. And the sergeant said, you've got to kill that mouse. And w- what does this guy do? He's telling the story to Ford and the other, and Chase and uh, Chloe. Chloe. Um, he's like, you know, this guy does, he catches in his shoe and he takes it outside and releases it. And the next day, the mouse comes back and shits all over sergeant's pillow when he makes us run laps up the hill because of it because this guy can't fucking kill a mouse um and another spot on impression by the way honestly that one was even better (laughs) that's fucking good Uh, in my book (laughs) ford is like shut up i'm in charge we have to do the mission tibbet chase go to the rally point see if anybody else made it um made it like survived the the drop um, so there's a, a rally point in the town um, that the soldier's supposed to go to. So he's like, go check out that point. Um, the little brother is really cute, and he comes in with a baseball mitt glove. Um, I don't know what words are. And a baseball, and is, like, trying to get Tibbet to play baseball. He's, like, pantomiming, like, throwing a baseball, and Tibbet's like, what the fuck does this kid want? Like, what does he want? <laughs> and... Uh, Chloe's like, he wants to play baseball. He thinks that all Americans play baseball. It's really cute. Um, and Tib is like, ah, if he wants to play pool, I'll, I'll play pool with him. But, like, I don't play baseball. Not not this American. Um, and so Ford sends Boyce downstairs. He's like, go, go downstairs, keep watch. Um, as Boyce is going downstairs, he passes by the slightly ajar door to the ant's room from within he can hear some truly horrifying cough sounds gets curious he sort of wanders down the hall sort of peeks his little head and he's sort of see a little glimpse where she looks not good and then she pops up in front of the door frame face and frame and she is she looks undead i mean she is like (laughs) oh my god not doesn't look like a sick human she looks like a like a zombie like a zombie she looks like a zombie um just as that happens she's not like coming at him she just sort of like moves in front of the door and he freaks out it's a jump scare just then chloe is behind him um and uh says you know she's she's been like that ever since she got back from the church uh, the church sort of seems to be the the Nazi sort of like compound that they've taken over in the city. It's where they have that tower that they're going to destroy. Um, okay. And I think Chloe somehow was able to to rescue her aunt or get her back um, from the church, but she's been like that ever since. Um, then downstairs, Boyce and Chloe um, they sort of start bonding. They clearly he's. Uh, been sort of the the translator for her he's much softer than the other soldiers um so they start talking she speaks pretty good english she went to school in london and she comments that um uh his french is interesting and he's like oh yeah I'm, i learned it from my grandmother she's from haiti um so they're having like a, a sort of a nice little connection point clearly they're both 
sort of craving just regular human conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the little brother, Paul, sits down at the table across from him and just starts rolling the baseball to him, like, back and forth. Um, and it's very sweet. Just then the there's a knock at the door, and it is the German soldiers. Oh, God. So uh, Boyce goes back up to the attic. He and Ford, we see a shot of them just, like, standing at the entrance of the attic with their guns out, just, like, ready for whatever's about to fucking happen. Um Soldiers come in, led by, I literally don't know his character's name because all I can think of is he is also in Game of Thrones. He played, did you watch Game of Thrones, hon? Only the first few seasons. All right, then this will mean nothing to you. But for everybody else who did watch Game of Thrones, he plays Euron Greyjoy, um, who is just a huge asshole. This actor is great at playing assholes that you just fucking hate just like <laughs> slimy and like smug and just like god he's uh, this actor is pilu aspect probably saying that wrong um he's very good but he ooh, you just hate him um so he is sort of the clearly the head i don't know highest ranking of the german soldiers he comes in with a, with a, a few others um and it becomes clear that he has some sort of arrangement with Chloe oh, that keeps yeah. her safe because he is allowed to come have sex with her whenever uh, he wants. Yeah. It's really a, a very awful moment to realize this situation because um, she says something like, "Like, please not tonight." I'm, he's or he comes in, and he's like, "Oh, you didn't have, t- you didn't make me dinner tonight," and she's like, "I was busy with my aunt," and he's like, "Oh, he, he does that thing very well where he's like." being friendly but you feel the threat of his presence yes so much oh i Um, hate that oh i really hate that it is truly awful um and and he like you know goes to to touch her shoulder or something and she's like please i'm i'm tired and he reminds her like do i have to remind you about our arrangement really gross really awful um as this is happening we hear um uh, the baseball that the brother was holding. He he asks like, "Where's Paul?" And she says, "He's sleeping." Just then, we the baseball gets Paul upstairs in the attic with the soldiers. Accidentally knocks um, a box or something. The baseball falls and makes a really loud sound up in the attic. Oh fuck! And so I'm just gonna call him Euron because that's his name in Game of Thrones, and I don't know his name in this movie. So great, uh, Euron um, mm-hmm. sends his soldiers up to go check what that was. Um, and they're walking up the stairs, they're walking up to the attic, they're looking, they're looking. It's very tense. We see Boyce and Ford, like, poised right there with their guns out. But they walk up to the bottom of the stairs, looking up towards the attic, and Paul, the little boy, walks out, holding the baseball, and then drops it down the stairs to them. Um, and, and the soldier picks it up, spits on it, and throws it back to him just because he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Um, but then they, they like laugh, turn around, go back downstairs and they say to you, I'm like, it's just the boy. Um, and he's like, okay, great. You guys can go. And, uh, you're on stays. Um, mm. and, uh, you know, goes to have, start trying to have sex with Chloe. And, Turns around and has a gun pointed to his head. Boyce and Ford have come downstairs. Um, and so, like, you're on sort of steps back, uh, oh, laughing, cool. I think, because he is the worst. Um, and, like, 
uh, sort of like, oh, Chloe, you've really like ruined this for yourself. Like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? And Ford knocks him out with the barrel of his gun. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not with the barrel of his gun. With his fucking forehead. Uh, I made a point to write that down because it was crazy. Uh, like, why would you use your own forehead? And it's just like, that's who Ford <laughs> is, man. He doesn't give a fuck. But why would you choose to hurt your own head? I guess man, because man. he really, know. he has a lot of faith in the strength of his forehead. And he's right. It works. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't do it, but it works. Knocks him out. Um, and he and now now Ford is pissed at at uh, Boyce. And he's like, you just jeopardized the whole fucking mission. Um, I'm sorry. I curse a lot. And I, I'm sorry. Wait, was so so yeah, how dare you? I just how say I'm sorry. You? Um wait, so Boyce was the one who was gonna shoot him and Ford kind of stopped it from happening. It, it seems like- so what I forgot to mention too is that um like as it's becoming clear, so they are listening to everything from the attic. They and they can like peer through little slats in the attic. So they know that this is what's happening, that that he's about to rape her, essentially. And Boyce has become friends with Matilda also, uh, or Chloe, and also is, um, you know, uh, the, the, like, more sensitive, mm-hmm. not any more sensitive, just less less hardened to these War. realities, yeah. more affected by it. Um, and so he makes a move to be like, we have to go down there, and Ford is like, no, we, like, hold off. And so it, it becomes clear that Boyce is the reason why they do end up going down and, and stopping. Um, Got it. And, and that he and boy says that boy says like we couldn't just let uh let him do that and this is interesting as I was watching I was sort of like if I'm Chloe I'm honestly probably pretty upset too yeah because this yeah. is an arrangement that keeps my family safe and also no way is this the first time this has happened do you know what I mean yeah. like you know obviously more things are going to happen in this movie that are going to lead us down a different path but if they didn't. You just ruined my safety, and like I've let myself be raped however many times for this. I don't know. It's a, it's like right. It's right. obviously very you complicated get, and fucked you don't up. Get, you don't get to decide this. This isn't right. your choice. This is my choice that I'm making. Yeah, and so, I don't even know you. And like, what are you gonna do? Save save my family now? Yeah, like what now? Like be, just because yeah. you couldn't stand to watch me get raped, which I obviously is terrible, but. I'm making this choice for a reason. Yeah. And like it's happened. Before. You just stopped one rate from happening. And now what? Like, I've, yeah. you know, what I, I don't know. That was my thought. Um, but things are going to unfold in, in a different way. So okay. it's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and we won't deal with, with sexual assault again for the rest of this movie. So that's, that's just great. listeners. There you go. Um, so mean uh, so okay so so ford says to boyce like go find like this mission has been compromised we need to come up with a new plan go find uh chase and tibbet and bring him back here and we're gonna circle up new plan now that we have this hostage um so we boyce starts it's you know it's nighttime it's a village a small town um and there's a lot of woods around so so boyce is sort of Sneaking through the town to try to get to the rally point, makes uh, walks past the church and is able to sort of hide and look down at the yard of the church, the like gated entryway, because he sees um, the Germans are outside 
and there's a guy who's sort of, he's like wearing a white lab coat, sort of looks like a doctor, definitely doesn't look like a soldier. He's got glasses and he's a little bit older and he's got a doctor's coat. So we're going to call him the doctor. Uh, and some soldiers and soldiers drag somebody out who's like clearly very ill, drag him out, stand him against a gate. And a couple of more soldiers come out and flame throw this man, just what light him fuck? up. And Boyce is also like, what the fuck? Uh, very freaked out by that. So he sort of goes back through the woods and is like, oh, shaken by that and is trying to find his way back to the rally point. And a German shepherd dog sees him and it's an angry dog. It's not a nice dog. And it starts chasing him. So uh, Boyce is running, and the only place he can find to hide to get away from the dog, he jumps into the back of a truck, a German truck. Oh, God. To hide in the back of it. And wouldn't you know, that truck is just filled with dead bodies. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. And the truck starts to move. Um, So he hides in the back of this truck as it is driven into... The church. Oh, and now now he's in. Now he's now in. Now he's in. Now he's in. And it's really awful. He so they op- it's like one of those war army trucks that's got like flaps over it, like canvas. So it's tented essentially. So he has to he plays dead, which is the right thing to do, but he like puts a dead body sort of like over him so oh, that he God. can hide. It's just like, oh, it's awful. Um and the Germans, they park the car inside the, the church, gate it up, open the back and start pulling bodies out. And as they're doing that, he is able to get out of the back and sort of sneak around um, and make his way into the church. And sort of, sort of starts exploring, trying to find a way out, figure out, get a, his bearings um, and see what this place is. Also, mind you, Boyce is black and... I was immediately thinking, too, I feel like in a lot of movies like this or action movies, there are sequences where, like, oh, you end up inside enemy territory. And so what do you do? You find a way to, to get the enemy's uh, oh, outfit like, on, right? Their, like, yeah, put their uniform just, on. Just blend in. Disguise yourself. A uniform. That's the word. I said outfit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also an outfit. It's also an outfit. An outfit. Um, <laughs> what is a uniform if not an outfit? No. Um, but... And, and it's never addressed. They never really, they never talk about it. But my first thought is there is no way for him to disguise himself. Yeah, he's he a can't. black man in yeah. a Nazi facility. Like, yeah. And, and I think that's so effective in adding to the element of like, he has nowhere to hide and no way to hide. He is so in danger if he is seen. Um, so he starts sort of skulking down the, the passageways, trying to figure out where he is. Down one hallway, he he hears this terrible wailing, like, ugh, like someone dying wailing mixed with these like guttural like grunts and monstery noises. And so he starts walking towards the sound as you do, and sees it seems like they're like these cells that people are in but there's just a small the smallest little peephole that you can see through these cells so he's walking up walking up he goes to look through the hole and hears germans coming so he goes and 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 hides around a corner and peers out and sees it's the doctor again and uh, a soldier and the soldier bangs on the door of that cell which 
causes a huge response from whatever's inside of it, screaming, like sounds like it's like coming up against the cell, like all like really violent and agitated. Um, and the doctor goes like, okay, and like marks on his little clipboard and they walk away. Boyce walks back up to look in person something some creature pops up from behind the peephole and it scares him it's a jump scare but we don't really see what it is um boys continues on searching through the the church he finds the radio control room which is the room they need to blow up so that's good um he finds a what looks to be like a big medical lab. Henley, you would hate it too. It's dirty. It, this place, this whole place no. is, is dirty. And like all of it seems kind of wet. It, it's just, it's not nice. It's not a nice medical lab, but it, it's because it's also, it's like the basement it looks like. So it's just this Ugh. old stone basement that they converted into this lab. Um, there are a lot of fluids, fluids everywhere, fluids and containers, Fluids and tubs, fluids and bags. It's fluidy. Um, <laughs> fluidy. Yeah, no, especially someplace like a medical facility that is supposed to be clean. Oh, you want that, that is supposed to be. Yeah, you do not want there to be excess fluids floating around. You don't. You don't want to describe your medical facility as wet. No, no That's I, not I a want word to you want to use the second I step foot in that room. Yeah, for um, sure. Yikes. So he sees two, and you saw this in the trailer. There are these hanging sacks. Oh, you know what they yeah. Look like? The they sacks. Look like, um, like garment bags that you get from the tailor. They like zip mm. down one side. They are body sized. They are full. There's something in <laughs> all of them. And they are hanging from the ceiling. And uh, Boyce is, is like coming up to one. He see You could see. Like a, it, they're sort of translucent-ish, like like, uh, Ew. like parchment paper. You can see through it, but not really, you know. So yeah, you, it's like you, a you cocoon. See, like, shape of a hand, like a cocoon hand, like move down Ooh, the wall gross. of one of it, and he, I mean, you gotta love his curiosity. He starts to unzip the back. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> as he does, fluid falls out of it. It's dripping. And Ew. then a head pops out, and it's wearing a gas mask type thing. It looks like maybe it's a soldier or, or was a soldier, and he takes the, the mask off, and he says in French, help me, please, help me, please. Um, oh, but he looks God. fucked up. He looks zo- zombie-ish. Um, so Boyce freaks out and, and backs away and goes down another room uh, where he finds... A bunch of big, 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 I mean, we're talking 1940s, big syringes, Ugh. all filled with this, like, go- like um, reddish, orangish, goopy-looking fluid. Oh, no. <laughs> really fun. Um, and he's examining them. He hears people coming, um, so he just grabs it and puts it in his pocket. Uh, as he's going down a different hallway to try to get out of this lab, he hears a woman in French saying, I, what I think is help, help me please, something like that. Um, I, I just kept hearing, s'il vous plaît, s'il vous plaît. Um, and he goes, he starts walking towards it to see what it is, pulls back a curtain and sees, this is one of the more horrifying images of the movie, I would say. Oh, no. um, a, wo- a woman saying, help me please. Uh, uh, she's like, uh, 
her head, she's alive speaking, but below her collarbone is no body, just a spine. <gasps> what the fuck? So it is a severed head on a spine speaking, saying, help me. What? Please. No. It's I not okay. That. I hate that. That is not okay. It's not okay. And you know what's interesting is here's a moment where I was I was trying to t- – I watched this with Joel and I was trying to talk to him about, like, why is it that I can handle this? Like, what? Like, what is it? And here's what I think it is. A, it's an action movie, so my tolerance is up. But um, I think – I can see that once it has happened, I cannot see it happening. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. I can look at, and I don't like to look at it, but I can look at the head on a spine. I cannot look at the body being cut off the head. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you're fine with seeing the results. Yeah, I just do not want to see the process. I'm again not fine. With, I don't like it, but it's easier for me that way than seeing the process. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. makes sense. I just really, I really don't like anyone in distress in any way. No, that is she, that is definitely the worst part. It. She's very much in distress, and you, I mean, you honey, gotta it, like you. you yeah, someone needs to kill her. Like someone. Yeah, needs she to just, just like, needs mercy to be, kill her. She needs to be dead. Like there's no. Yeah. Come, there's no comeback from that. Uh, yeah. And one would have to imagine she was there for the process. That that can't have been good. No, no, no. Um, so he is really freaked out. Boyce is fucking at this point his panic level is through 90. the roof. Through um, the roof. And that's how I of mean, 10. you really can't blame him. You can't blame him. You and the, you absolutely can't blame him. The nineties hat has him. not been good. As he uh backs uh, you know, tries to escape from that horrifying sight, he sees um, his friend Jacob, who was Rosenfeld, the, his friend soldier that he uh, was talking with in the plane, who was very nervous, oh. on a, uh, like a stretcher, uh, hooked in with like a big, looks like a vacuum tube to his chest, but he's alive and speaking and, and has his, the rest of his body. And he says to, he's like, says like, boys, boys. So... Uh, Boyce comes to him, and this is where Boyce's idealism, we absolutely love to see it, because he, I think many people would have just left left Rosenfeld there. Boyce is like, this is my friend, I'm getting him out. So he, and this part, I, I wish Sammy had been here for this because I didn't look at it. Um, see, again, I can't <laughs> see the process, but uh, Boyce has to tear the vacuum suction cup oh. thing off of his body. And I think it was just like stitched on. So it's not, it it hurts him. He's bloodied from it, but it's, I thought it was like going to like pull out some organs. Um, it, it doesn't just, you know, okay. skin <laughs> and, and blood and stuff. Um, but it sounds bad. I heard it. Didn't look at it, but he gets, he gets Jacob detached from the thing and is sort of, carrying him um, as they sort of try to get back through uh, to find a way to escape. Um, They see, Boyce sees like a a sewer grate, a metal grate on the bottom of one of the walls. And he, you know, in the nick of time, we hear Germans coming, but he kicks it open. They, you would, I said, I literally said this, Henley would hate this because they have to crawl through this little great hole and and Rosenfeld doesn't open wound. I mean, no. No, it is getting so dirty. No, he's going to die from the open wound I infection. I mean, think. 
Um, but they make it through this grate uh, or through this hole. They put the grate back up and they uh, start walking through these sewers uh, to get out. Meanwhile, um, back at Chloe's, we see that Paul, the little boy, is like very taken with Tibbet. And he's like mimicking everything he does, and like Tibbet sits down and crosses his arms, and Paul comes and like crosses his arms, and it's just like a very cute little moment of this kid being excited to be around these these men. Um, they are up in the attic. This is uh, Tibbet, Chase, and Ford all up there, and and Tibbet and Chase are both like, I don't think Boyce is making it back. Like he would have been back by now, um, but just then we hear from below. Boyce made it back with Rosenfeld. He puts Rosenfeld on the table. Also, we learned earlier, um, we were learning why Chloe speaks such good English. She went to school in London to be a veterinarian. So she does have medical expertise, mm. which is great. So that he, he puts her on the table. She starts tending to him. They all run downstairs. Boyce is telling them what he saw. He's like, I, I, he's so flustered. So for days, like I was, I was in the church. I was in the church. A woman, she's talking, but she didn't have a body. And he's just like so freaked out and is trying to convey to them what he saw. And they're just like, how did you get? Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and Boyce shows them the syringe. He's like, I took this. So they go upstairs where they have Euron, the German soldier. Mm-hmm. That's again, not his character name, but that's what I'm going to call him. Uh, as their hostage, and so oh. Ford shows it to him, and he says, "Like, what's this?" Ford pretends not to know. He says, "Oh, I don't know what the do- what uh, the, the the doctor does. What the doctor wants to do, I don't know. That's not a good uh, whatever." It was, it was um, and <laughs> so Ford starts beating the shit out of him. Um, and Euron then finally says. People in the church have been given a bigger purpose. Um, people like her, her aunt, the bodies of uh, the blood of her parents are being uh, served for something greater, just taunting Chloe. And so as he's saying this, Chloe stabs him in the leg and starts screaming. Um, so Boyce like carries her out. Uh, and then Ford takes the knife and like twists it in his oh, fucking God. thigh. Um, and, oh, no, it's Boyce doesn't, Boyce just, like, pull, holds Chloe back, um, and so then Ford just starts literally, like, beating him to death, it looks like. He just starts punching him and punching him and punching him and punching him, and he puts on this knuckle knife thing, it's, Ooh. like, all rings, like, you know, knuckle thing, but then there's a knife attached to the end of it, so you could, like, punch and stab, it's scary looking. And he just starts beating the shit out of him. Boyce tries to stop Ford. And he's like, "What? we don't, like, what is this accomplishing? And Ford is essentially like, oh, I'm, like, he's not going to tell us shit. Like, you have to play dirty like they do. Or, or some of the effect of, like, I'll be as bad as they are. I don't really fucking care. Yeah. Clearly, Ford, like, has lost a part of himself um, in this war. And, you know, this is where we're seeing that. In war, no one's really good, and mm-hmm. um, you know that's just sort of what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so downstairs, Boyce goes down with Chloe. Um, they bond a little bit more. Chloe tells him, "You know, I don't recognize myself anymore," and Boyce is like, "Me neither." You know, I, I, 
three, this is what we heard in the trailer three months ago, I was cutting grass in Louisiana and now I am a soldier just because someone showed up at my doorstep telling me I had to come here. And um, Ford comes back down and he's like, okay, new plan. All the soldiers are, we're now downstairs in Chloe's kitchen. And he says, we're going to, um, we're going to have to rig up the outside of the tower with explosives to just blow it down from the outside. Um, we're going to use this German soldier sort of as bait, as a distraction, um, so that we can blow this tower up. I don't really know what the details of this plan are, but that's sort of the plan. So Ford says to Chase, uh, hey, go up and get Euron, um, and bring him downstairs. Oh, no. Chase goes up, and they had, like, tied him up wrists on, like, a beam, so he's sort of hanging by his wrists, and he's hanging... He's got a sack over his head. He's hanging really limply. I mean, he just we saw some of what had happened, and if more of it happened, like, he's not in good shape. Um, so Chase, like, sort of pokes him with his foot and is like, guy, Ugh. buddy, um, and he doesn't react. He's just hanging limply. So he, he ties him, c- cuts him down, and uh, turns around to, like, grab some of his stuff, and would you believe it? He was faking it. He was not unconscious, and he has a sack over his You can't see anything, but he tackles Chase. They get in sort of a, a, a brawl, and Euron manages to take Chase's gun off of him and just starts shooting wildly across the hole. Because he can't see. He just starts shooting at anything. But he does get Chase twice in the chest. Um, but in all the chaos and the sound, the, the rest of them come upstairs. They do manage to tackle Euron um, and uh, get the gun from him again. But uh, Chase is, I mean, it's not looking good. Oh, no. Well, why did they send only one of them up there? That's what I said. Why would you send him up alone? Why would you send him up? I mean, and here's the thing is, I I do think this is sort of a ragtag team that's been left, right? Like, these aren't experts. Yeah, professionals. Yeah, I I think that's kind of cool that they make that clear, right? That they're just like, and also they keep saying that, like, the t- they had earlier, like, an hour until um, the Allies touched down on the beach. Like, their time is running out. They're on a very, mm-hmm. very tight clock to get this tower blown up. Otherwise, the whole thing is is done. So they're sort of just like, we got to get this thing go. happening. Yeah, we got to go. Yeah. Um, but they all they all come upstairs. They all surround Chase as he's lying on his back, bleeding. And, and he's, you know, so young. They all look so young. And... And he's like, oh, you know, clearly his body's in shock. And he's like, oh, is, is, is it bad? Is it bad? Like, what's good? But, like, we can all see that, yeah, he's definitely about to die. Um, and he holds on to Ed's hand. And he, or Ed, Ed, Ed is Boyce's name. We've learned that, too. Um, and he's like, don't let me die, Ed. Don't let me die. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let you die. Um, and then, of course, he dies. He dies. Oh, it's so sad. Um. And so now they're, I mean, they're even more fucked. They just watched him die, yeah. which is terrible. They're now down a man. They've got three of them. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Ford is like, we, we, we've got to get going. Like, he's dead. There's something we, we can go. do. Gather the explosives. We've got to get going. At which point, Boyce remembers that he has this syringe. Mm. So he pulls it out of his pocket. He walks over to Chase. Stabs him with it and pushes whatever the fluid <laughs> into Chase. Whoa, whoa! Now we get to see what the fluid does, and it's not going to do good things. I don't think it's going to do good things. <laughs> um, and nothing happens. 
Um, and so Boyce, dejected, like, you know, turns around, goes to get the explosives, and then we hear, <gasps> Oh, my God. Straight up, fully alive, and, and like, is acting, like, sort of cartoonish. Like, he's just like, oh, and, like, sort of, like, doesn't have control of his limbs, but it's, it's Chase. And all of them are like, what the fuck? Because he was fully dead. Um, And Ford's like, how do you feel, Chase? And he's like, I feel great. Um, I'm I'm thirsty. So they hand him a flask of water. They're all, like, stunned, but they are going with it. And they hand him a a flask of water, and he chugs it down. And then as he's holding it, he, like, crushes it. And it's metal. It's a World War II flask. He, like, crushes it in his hand and looks at it, and it's like, that's weird. And then goes to stand up and like the, the he does great. It's great physical work. He just sort of like stands straight up right away. Like he was just shot in the chest, but he just like stands right up and is like sort of wobbling around. And they're all like, whoa, whoa, whoa Chase, hold, hold on. Calm down. Calm down. Like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? And we see. Oh, at, meanwhile, um, Euron says, you asked what the serum does. <laughs> uh, a thousand year war needs thousand year soldiers. So okay. Um, then we look at Chase and we see all of a sudden his like body starts changing. His veins are really, really super visible, and he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm really hot," and he like starts tearing his shirt off. He's like, "Oh, I've, I've I feel weird," um, and he's like, "What? What did you do to me, Ed? What? What'd you do to me, Ed?" And starts freaking out. Then his all of a sudden it's like spine cracks. His Head gets thrown back and oh, jol- jolts back into place, but now he's got weird like bones sticking up, and he's like, What did you do to me? And grabs one of them and like throws them. Now he has super strength, and it's just like all of a sudden it is just chaos. And they're all oh like, my God. picking them up and like throwing them. And he I think grabs a beam and breaks that. I mean, he's freaking out. It's like, what was happening to me? But he also has super strength and, like, zombie energy. Oh, my God. And Ford pulls out a gun, and it's one of those guns that just goes, like, and just, like, shoots the fuck out of him in his chest. And it doesn't kill him. (gasps) And so then Boyce just goes for him, knocks him down, takes the barrel of his gun, and bashes his head in over and over and over and over and over and over and just destroys his head. There's no more head. Uh, but but this seems to have done it. He is dead. Oh, my God. This night couldn't get any worse. It is not going well for them. Um, no. But in this chaos, guess who we forgot to keep an eye on? You're on. He's You're gone. On. You see him slip out and down the stairs where he runs into Paul, takes him, runs out of the house. Chloe realizes this. They all realize, and she's screaming for her brother. They follow him out. Um, They're all shooting at him. He manages to get in a car with Paul, the little boy, with him. As they're driving off, he does get shot in the face pretty bad but manages to drive off with Paul towards the church. And so Chloe is hysterical, freaking out, screaming. Um, they're all downstairs and outside now. 
And the uh Ford is or I think Boyce is like, we've got to go get him, and Ford's like, no. We stick to the mission. It, it, it's too important. Like, this is what we have to do. Um yeah. and Boyce oh. is like, no. He like he is this is our fault. Like he has him because of us. Like we have to go get him. And so Ford pulls rank and says, I am ordering you soldier. <laughs> there's this mo- or something like that. There's this moment of quiet and Boyce just looks at him and goes, no, no, we have like, you know, we have to do this. You know, we have to go get him. Look, we can blow up the tower from the inside. We'll go into the church We'll get the, we will get Paul. We will blow up the radio tower and we'll blow up that lab because whatever the fuck they have going on down there, we have to destroy it. So let's just we have to go do this. And then we get from Tibbet um, this line where he goes, "We can grab the kid as a bonus, kill two oh. birds." Oh my god! Oh my god! Everyone's so casual. <laughs> but it's not because it's one of those I love. I think this happens especially in action movies. Where you have this moment of like, oh, the guy that we thought was an asshole is like coming around. You know, he's yeah, like sort of yeah. he likes the kid, so he's like, Come yeah. on. like I'm actually going to be the reasonable one here. Love to see it. Love to see it. Um, so Ford says, if we do this, our odds of getting out of here alive are next to zero. But let's fucking go. Fine. We're going to do it. Um, so meanwhile, we see uh, Euron makes it to the church, holding his face, bleeding, barges into the lab. It's just like bumping into things is in, I mean, I'm sure excruciating pain. Um, goes over to where all the syringes are and picks one up and stabs himself in the leg. And the doctor is like, no, 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 uh, don't do that. Like, they're not, they're, they're unstable. They're unstable. They have, we haven't tested them on, on the living. Grabs a second syringe, jams it into his body. What? Grabs a third syringe, jabs it into his body. What? So he wants what happens to Chase to happen to him. He does. And I think he also is, you know, he wants, he's in a lot of pain and wants to just like fucking, yeah. Take control. He's not a reasonable man. No. No. So he tur- he so everyone's looking at him. He just stabbed himself three times with this stuff. He takes his hand off his face. He turns around. We saw this in the trailer. Turns around. He has a hole missing from like the whole side of his face. And he smiles. Ew, I hate it. Okay. Meanwhile, we see uh, the Americans coming up with their plan. The plan is that Rosenfeld and Tibbet are going to fire at the church from the outside. Boyce, Ford, and Chloe are going to go in and get Paul. We see Chloe walking down the street alone, gets the attention of one of the German soldiers, the one who spit on the baseball earlier. Gross. Mm. Gross guy. Mm-hmm. And he starts, he like gets on his motorcycle and starts following her. So she's running from him. He follows her up onto a bridge, knocks her down. Thinks he's got her. He's so happy. She starts laughing. And Boyce and Ford are there. They've got a gun to his head. They pull him up. Cut to this same soldier driving his motorcycle in towards the church. 
And so they open the gates for him. They they know him. He rides in and he's got tape over his mouth. And he's like, mm, 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 like trying to communicate with them. He has tape over his mouth and, and he's like tied down. He can't take the he can't do anything. And they're like, what? what? What's up, guy? Like, what? what's going on? What? What? Come on. Let's, what happened to you? And they pull the tape off his mouth so that he can talk to them. And with the tape came the pin to a grenade that was lodged in his mouth. Oh, fun. There we go. And it explodes. They, you know, are blown back. A bunch of them die. Then uh, Tibbet and Rosenfeld are shooting at them from the outside. It's chaos. Chaos. The kind that we love to see. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, that move is so cool. Um, and it's, Ford is our uh, explosives expert, so he is a fucking great plan. Right, um, I forgot that. So, meanwhile, back down in the sewers, boys Chloe and Ford are sneaking back in the way that they left before, um, hearing the shooting from above, being like, okay, great, that part of the plan worked. They get in, Chloe immediately goes to find her brother. Um, she run and and... While Ford and Boyce are like, we have to go to the control room. And she's like, I don't have time for that. I got to go find my brother and goes off on her own. As she's walking down the hall, she uh, crosses paths with two German soldiers, holds a gun to them. She has a gun and is like, where's my brother? Uh, They sort of laugh. And one of them's like, "Um, I don't have to tell you shit. And she shoots him and kills him. Good move. If you got two soldiers, kill one of them. And then says the other one, take me to my brother. Meanwhile, Ford and Boyce make it to the radio control room. Ford starts rigging up the explosives, and he sell- he tells Boyce, like, go down to the lab. You rig up these explosives there. I'm going to set a timer here. So plan is working so far. Meanwhile, the German soldier has led Chloe to one of those cells that we saw before. And mm. it's like, your brother's in here. Oh, Opens no. the door. Oh, no. Oh, no. She starts walking in. Don't do that. Peering in. We see she looks down on the ground and sees just the torso of somebody that's, you know, it's bloody. It's not good. Um, Just a human torso on the ground. She's freaked out. We see from because we're looking at her head on. We see the German soldier behind her. We see him pull a gun to put a gun yeah, to her head. Of course. Um, but in the nick of time, Boyce is there, knocks him out, knocks him to the ground, uh, grabs Chloe and is like, your brother's not in there. Your brother's not in there. And then we look down and we see the German's bodies laying on the ground in front of that open door. And it gets pulled in to that cell with the sounds of crunching. Um, okay, so they like to eat human they like, beans. They like to eat humans, it seems. It does seem. Um, so they run. We look inside the cell and we just see a very, a very wet. Ew. Very, like, um, uh, wet like... Uh, like a baby emerging from a womb type wet. Oh, no, not even oh my that. God. <laughs> it's like not water. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like viscous. It's viscous. It's it's a viscous wet. Um, yeah. Okay. Body okay. sort of pull up into frame, open its mouth, and a bunch of blood pools out. It's Ew. very gross. Gross. Um, so we know that whatever that thing that was in that that room is not good. Um, 
But Chloe and Boyce make it to the lab and where they find Paul, who has not yet been fucked with. Uh, he's just laying on a stretcher. Uh, Chloe grabs him. And Boyce is like, I got to stay here and rig this room up with explosives, but you go. Like, get Paul out and go. And she doesn't want to leave him, but he's like, you, like go. I, I'll catch up. I will catch up. She tells him to be careful. And she leaves with Paul. They make it back to the grate um and get through and so she puts paul through she climbs through and as she's explaining to paul like okay we're gonna go out this way she gets grabbed oh no um and paul is screaming and she's like go go paul go so paul runs she gets pulled back through the grate and it's by that nasty wet guy no that was in that room and he is a zombie he's definitely a zombie he's got um one of his arms uh, doesn't have anything below, like, the mid-forearm except just bones sticking out. Like, the you know, it's like a prong it's like of exposed. bones. Yeah, it's just nothing's right. Nothing's no, nothing put is, together. Nothing is right with him. Nothing is, no. But he's also clearly very strong, like, freakishly strong like Chase was when he got zombified. Um, just wetter. Um, and so he and Chloe sort of get in a fight. She's able to get her gun out and shoot at him, which distracts him for a minute. But as we know, does not kill him. Um, so she starts running. As she runs away, a thing that drives me crazy. I mean, I guess you're just going as fast as you can. She doesn't shut a single door behind her. She runs and leaves those doors open as she goes. And I'm like, I don't think this guy knows how to open a door. Let's shut them behind us. You shut know? the door. Let's shut Let's these shut doors. The door. but she doesn't. But she's running. She's running. He's following her. He's following her. As she runs out, she makes it out to like the outside. But he's still coming. Because again, the door's wide open. Uh, she sees a flamethrower and torches him. Okay. Okay. Great. Then she does another thing that drives me crazy. It ends up being fine. But then she takes the flamethrower off and leaves it there. I'm like, girl, take keep that it. with you. Keep it. Keep th- Shut the doors and keep the flamethrower. Yeah. Keep it near you. Keep the flamethrower near you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, in the control room, we see that Ford has set the explosives and he goes and puts the timer on. But just as he does... We see it's super Euron. Oh, my God. He's here. He's meaner and stronger than ever. He grabs the timer, crushes it in his hand, and is like, ooh, I hoped I'd see you again, corporal, and starts beating the shit out of him. Yeah, of course he is. Okay. Down in the lab, Boyce is setting the explosives, but gets discovered by the doctor, who holds him at gunpoint. But, you know, he's like a middle-aged doctor, so Boyce pretty easily, you know, like he gets up, but then he fights back. He gets the gun out of his hand. They have a, a bit of a struggle, but, but Boyce manages to get a knife and, and stab the doctor, so the doctor dies. And at this point, I'm thinking, hey, you know, even if all else fails, it's good that we killed this doctor, because yeah, what he's yeah, doing for is the sure. worst part of all of this. And so, yes. you know, I guess let's get rid of him. Um, yes. We see outside in the town, Tibbet and Rosenfeld are shooting at German soldiers. So their job in this mission, they're both, I think Tibbet is like a, a sniper and Rosenfeld uses one of those big guns. You know, he knows how to do that. Machine gun. A machine gun, sure. right? <laughs> I think it's a <laughs> yeah, one of those guns. Okay. Um, 
So their job is to just like move throughout the town and just shoot at Germ. Like they're trying to make the Germans think there's more than just two of them, essentially, uh, and like sort of keep them confused and occupied. And occupied, yeah. Um, so they're shooting at the Germans, and they see Paul running out towards them because he got he got out of the church, and Tibbet is like, "Fuck, I gotta go get this kid" because he now really cares about him. Runs out into like the middle of the gunfire. Grabs oh, no. Paul, carries him, brings him back. Just as he's coming back behind their wall, gets shot in the back, um, but safely gets Paul over, or gets you know gets Paul into safety. But he has been shot. Uh, at this point, we see Chloe meets up with them as well. She has also made it out. Um, okay, but we Good. cut back to uh, back in the church. We see Euron dragging Ford along the ground down oh. into the lab. And Henley, you're not going to like this. No, I don't want to know. He want to know. Picks Ford up. No. 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 And we see there's a big metal hook hanging from the ceiling, oh. presumably to hold those um sacks. Uh and he hangs Ford on that hook, not from his back, which is what I thought, maybe because I was thinking about Texas Chainsaw, on his front, right through the middle of his ribcage. That's so fucked up. I fucking hate that so, so much. still alive, but is now hanging from the ceiling on a big metal hook through his chest. I fucking hate that more than anything. No, thank you. It's really bad. It's bad. Um, And then he starts beating... You know, Euron starts beating him up again because he hates him and he's a super zombie and he's bad. Uh, but then Boyce shows up and shoots, because Boyce is in the lab too, shoots Euron in the chest a bunch of times and he just turns around and takes it. He doesn't care. Oh, shoot him die. in the head. So shoot strong. him in the head. He's mocking him. He does not care. Um, And... He, I think, just like throw picks Boyce up and just like throws him on the ground out of his way. He's very, very strong now. And then he starts monologuing as villains love to do, talking about how Germany is going to have an invincible army and be the greatest power in the world. And as he's doing so, he's opening up all of these like morgue style drawers that have bodies in them. So essentially, he's like waking up these zombies um and and here's what i'm saying hey man we don't have time for monologues if you're really on a mission here all the while you're you know having your fun big glorified moment you're letting opportunity for uh for you to get taken down which is exactly what he's doing we see as he's monologuing away ford finds a syringe Oh, we Ford lifts himself off his hook, which is really bad. It's not. It's not fun. Oh, he like uses his arms oh, to pull. I hate that. And what really sucks is he tries ah. once and is and fails as we like falls back onto the hook. Ah, screams and then he pulls up. himself up, falls on the ground. Um, and but he finds a syringe and stabs himself with it. Um, then Euron, not seeing any of this happen, goes over to Boyce grabs him, starts drowning him. He, like, holds his head down in this 
tub they have there, which is, I think, full of bodies. It's gross. You really don't want Ew. your face in it. You really don't want your face in it. But um, no. that's what happens. So he's drowning Boyce. And as he's doing that, we see he gets stabbed through the back with this huge metal rod. Like, huge metal rod goes straight through his chest. Oh, it my God. does not kill him, but it does distract him. He turns around, pulls it out of himself, faces forward, realizes, I think, by looking at him, and because he was strong enough to shove a metal pole through his chest, that Ford is also a zombie now. And he says, uh, how does it feel? The blood of eternity flowing through your veins. Oh, my God. And Ford looks at him and goes, not so fucking great. Which I wrote down because he really looks like Kurt Russell when he says that. And so that was fun. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see it. They start fighting. Euron is besting him. He's three times the zombie that Ford is, but um, they're fighting. Ford is down on the ground. Euron's staring at him, and Ford's sort of... uh, Oh, Ford uh, is laying next to, like, a can of gas, like a gas canister. And he just pushes it so that it starts rolling towards Euron's feet. And it looks really pathetic, like he has no strength left in him, and he just sort of rolls this thing over to him. So Euron starts laughing at him, and then Ford looks at him, and he starts laughing too, like, yeah, I guess it is pretty funny. And then he just says, Boyce. And Boyce shoots at the gas canister, and it explodes, and Euron explodes. Oh, wow. Okay, so Euron's dead now. Maybe. Euron's dead for real now. So... Boyce goes to, then runs to Ford and is like, Ford, come on. They get up and then Ford pushes Boyce out of the way, just past like a gate to the lab. Shuts the gate, locks it, locks himself in and Boyce out. And Boyce is like, Ford, Ford, let me in. Like, come on, come on. Open the gate, open the gate, open the gate. And And Ford's like, take the tower down. I didn't have time to set the timer. Go set off those explosives. This is our last chance. Uh, I'm not making it out of here. Uh, and he says, this, this shit, our side shouldn't have it either. Uh, I've got to take this lab down. I, I was never going to make it out of here. Mm, so he's essentially yeah. going to kill himself to take down this lab. But at this point, like, yeah, he's a zombie. He doesn't really have much hope. And this is a moment where it's like, no. Boyce, don't you get it? Like, come on, man. This, we're, we're done. Yeah. Uh, but Boyce, on. you know, it, it's sad. Boyce is sad every time someone he knows dies, which honestly, now that I'm saying it, fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he's screaming at Boyce to, to open the gate, screaming at Ford to open the gate, open the gate. We see all these zombies now that Euron awoke. Um, are getting up and like what? So now this lab is starting to be filled with zombies. I mean, there's no hope. Um, so Boyce finally gets it, runs, runs up to the tower. Ford turns around, holds up an explosive and a lighter, and goes, "I don't. What does he say? I think I'm done with this. <laughs> Something like that." Lights it. Uh, he explodes. The whole lab explodes. So those zombies and the lab are destroyed. Boyce runs up to the control room, sets the timer, but it's like he has to just like set the explosives off. So he sets them and just starts running. And this is really cool. It look I don't know if they actually did it in one shot, but it looks like one shot. And we sort of follow uh, like Dolly as he runs 
through and out of the church as explosives are going off, like from all sides around him. It's very cool. Um, but he runs, he makes it out just as the whole tower comes down. They have done it. It is exploding. Um, we then cut to Tibbet, Rosenfeld, Chloe, and Paul. Tibbet is okay. His wound was not um, a, a fatal one. So we see Chloe is sort of tending to him. They are listening to a radio broadcast that is uh, uh, describing D-Day. Like, it, it was successful. They made it to the beaches. Um, the implication being that, like, what the work that they did here allowed the war to end, which is a fun little uh, way to insert yourselves into history. Um, and we see people, like, uh, it's now morning. It's daybreak. French people are, like, leaving their homes and realizing, you know, the war is over. The war is over. Um they see Boyce walking up to them, you know, just covered in dust and rubble, but alive. And Paul, who's so, so French, I don't think he says a word of English in the whole movie, uh, stands up and sees me and goes, yeah, Boyce! Um, which is <laughs> very funny and very cute. Uh, he sits down with them and they ask, they say, Ford. He shanks his head and they all just sort of sit there acknowledging what they've all done. Um Cut to, it's clearly a couple hours, days later, Boyce is all cleaned up. He is uh, being questioned by an American general, just saying, you know, what, tell me why you, what the mission was and why you did it this way. And, um, you know, why didn't you just blow up the tower from the outside? And Boyce says, or our, you know, our commander thought it, it, may, it would, you know, we, there were too many soldiers. We were outnumbered. So the best way to do it was to, to do it from the inside. Um, and he says, oh, that was a good call. I, I wish your commander were here or corporal were here for me to congratulate him. Um, but 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 good work. And we're going to you're going to uh, be with C unit from here on out or so. They like re reassign them. Um, and then he says, wait, soldier, one minute. Um, is there anything worth us sort of digging up from that r- rubble of the of the church? You know, there's rumors that. There were maybe experiments going on there. And, you know, did you see anything that we should we should dig up? And uh, he says, no, sir, uh, just the radio control room. But but we blew that up. And he's like, all right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Thank you. So uh, Boyce goes back out. He meets up with with his friends now and they ask, you know, what's next? And he says, oh, we've been reassigned to C unit. And Tibbet's like, man, I thought they would have just sent us the fuck home and and boy says, no, we've we've got a job to finish. You know, now he he accepts being a soldier and, and what it's worth. And uh, they all are happy. And uh, we sort of pan out and a fun song that seems very out of theme with the rest of this movie starts playing and credits. Oh, my God. Wait, that is so funny that maybe the moral of the story is like... That's okay to just, be a soldier. It's good to be a soldier. Yeah, I will say I really like this movie. I thought that ending was weird. <laughs> I, um, bet they did, I bet they had a bunch of different ending options. They probably did. for whatever did. reason, they chose that one. They probably did. And, like, uh, here's what I said to Joel as we were watching as I was like, okay... The difference between a horror movie and an action movie is in an action movie, your heroes make it out on top, right? Like, you, you we, we'll lose yeah, some lives, we have yeah. some fatalities, but, like, in the end of an action movie, your heroes are like, <laughs> boy, did we get away with something, you know? And that's how you know that it is an action movie, not a horror movie, even though 
you know, there were some severed bodies and fluids and zombies and stuff. Um, and yeah, and technically Ford died, but Ford died like willingly in order to like save the, the world, part, yeah. basically, besides being horrifically beaten up beforehand by some of that was super. Bad, yeah. yeah, it's the super zombie. Um, so they were creating a bunch of zombies to attack on their behalf i guess yeah so they were using dead bodies they were killing people and then also taking dead bodies from the war and turning them into zombies to fight on germany's behalf yes wow well i'm really glad that they managed to blow that lab up i'm really glad i'm so glad yeah that would have been really, really fucked up. Um, that was definitely gory. I'm surprised that you were so like chill with watching it, Emily. You've come so far in this journey of yours. I've come so far. Um, you've come so far. But yeah, you're 100% right. It's like the big difference is that they made it out alive and they were all happy and okay at the end. Yeah, they're like really happy at the end. It's a really happy ending. They feel great about <laughs> they feel great about everything that happened. It's a true like mission accomplished moment for all of them. Um and I, so I will say maybe next so we may miss Sammy some more times in the next few weeks. She's very very busy working very hard. She's very successful. Very proud of her. If I have to watch a movie again, I might I say this now, but who knows? I might try to watch one that's scarier. I want to I want to push myself, but then in the moment I like never actually do. So we'll see what happens. But I am glad I saw this movie. I really liked it, and I like to discover a new action movie that I haven't seen before because I as I said, I fucking love action movies. So um all in all, glad I watched it. I think it's very doable, uh, but it is quite nasty. Nasty. Well, you can watch one with Joel, and that'll be okay. Um, And also, I just want to say, I'm surprised there aren't more horror movies that are based in war. I guess it's like exactly the backdrop. I guess often they're trying when they're making a horror movie, they're trying to have a really low budget, and it's hard to do that if you're depicting war scenes. Yeah, war war scenes and and like actions. I mean, all the explosives and stuff. Like, it makes sense to me why this budget was so high, but. it yeah, feels like there should be more. Yeah, there should be more horror war movies, more war horror movies. There um, should be. Okay, so should we say French goodbye? Oh my god, we absolutely should. We absolutely should. Or I could do it like Tibbet. Wait, hold on, I have to figure out one of one of his lines so that I can do it again. The mouse. Okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> this guy can't even kill a mouse. Okay, so from all of us here at Too Scared to Watch, goodbye. 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 That was really good, Anne. That was really good. Alrighty, that's it. You made it to the bitter end. If you had as much fun as we did, head on over to Apple Podcasts where you can rate, review, and subscribe. We are also on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast give us a follow drop us a comment we would love to hear from you and if you're interested in becoming a patron head on over to patreon.com slash tsdw podcast there you can sign up for a few different tier options um you get cool things like bingo cards um access to two bonus episodes per month if you are in tony fucking collects inner circle um and that type of thing so anywho toodles we love you talk to you next week